0: All right, Corey, let's dive into this. We're going to talk about principles. And this is top of mind for me because one of my children were trying to teach the difference in spelling between principal and principal, like the principal at his school. Right. And we tell him, it's to, rem- <laughs> to remember it, the principal... Is his pal, right? Yeah, the yeah. principal. Right? right. But today... We're addressing principles of resilience, which is extremely important because the principles that we're basing all this off of are going to guide all of the decisions going forward. It's kind of all based on this. Well, I think you should make these principles your pals as well. Make these your principals. (laughs) Um, What is a principle, Kellen? Funny you should ask. I've got it right here. Imagine that. First, I'll say that when we're talking about principles, it's kind of a range because some of the things we want to talk about you could say or more just it's more just general common sense or it's like tips and tricks but at the heart of it principles are a principle is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning got it thank you for that um the idea behind this right
1: is that as we think about resilience as we go through resilience as we're learning resilience, we should be able to tie back to the principles. Like, like it kind of talked about there, a foundation of a system of belief. Um, we, in the introduction to the podcast episode one, we kind of talked about how we might be different than other podcasts on resilience or on prepping. Right. And I think that a lot of that is going to come down to our principles. Um, I don't know if principles are discussed on many other podcasts of this nature, but, um, Yeah, the idea is sort of when you have a question about how to approach something or if something's being done right, you can at least check back and say, does it kind of adhere to the principles? And these are principles that you and I have come up with, right? You are not, and when I say you, I mean the listener may not agree with every one of our principles and you don't have to, right? You can come up with your own principles if you would like. These are the things that you and I find important. And the things that you and I feel, um, at least in our system of belief when it comes to resilience are foundational.
0: Yeah, so another way to think of this is this is our philosophy. And when we get into the specifics of the framework and, and how we actually go from like theory into practice with resilience, the our our philosophy is gonna guide all of that. But I'm so glad you bring that up that like anybody who's listening to the podcast does not have to agree to every one of these principles to still get value from what we're saying here um, in fact that alone is kind of part of our philosophy right the fact that like in preparedness it, like we should just be grateful that other people are trying to be more resilient and trying to be more prepared and spend less time trying to like tell someone that they're right or wrong or, or judging the the ways that they've chosen to do it. And I think the idea of judging is a great word and, and that may be a principle
1: in and of itself, right? Um, the way that someone else does resilience, that practices resilience, the things they find important, it's not our place to judge them. It's our place to be excited that they are on the journey with us through resilience. So um, Kellen and I, in our last podcast, and you brought this up again in like the first episode, We are not about being prescriptive. We're not about telling people how they have to do things. We're not about judging people. Um, And and we like to not be judged in return, right? So I think that in and of itself is maybe a great principle to start with. Um, Don't judge others. And hopefully you reserve the right to not be judged as well. And by the way, we just heard some fireworks uh, outside. don't know if you're going to be able to hear that on uh, your end as the listener, but I, I think it's graduation or something like that, so bear with us on that.
0: All right, great. So these first few that we've outlined are super important. We're not necessarily going through these principles in any particular order, but I'm glad we're starting with these ones. So the the first one here is that we don't believe in aggression, at least not any like proactive violence or aggression or harm, you know, self-defense. That's fine. In fact, it's important, but like, To think, oh, if if everything hits the fan, then all of a sudden I'm going to go take food from my neighbor, or I'm going to go steal resources, or I'm going to enact violence just to get what I need. That's not something that we're okay with. Absolutely. Um, So non-aggression, I think,
1: is something that you and I have talked about in the past several times. Um, It's sort of at the core of who we are, right? In general, outside of just resilience. Um, but but non-aggression is actually a principle that comes from anarchism. Um, this idea that you should not be doing harm to anyone else. You should be non-coercive towards anyone else. And you reserve the right to not be coerced and to not be harmed. Um, but if you are, you also have the right to, to protect yourself, right? And so um, I think that is really important. And like you said, that idea of like if things go wrong i'm not going to take advantage of someone else to get what i need there are a lot of people out there who believe that that's how it's going to go like if anything goes south and things get tough um i know there are people out there who are more prepared than i am or who are preparing and i'm going to take advantage of them and and take that from them and there will likely be people out there like that there will definitely be people out there like that um but it is a principle of ours that we are not that person, right? And not only that, not only are we going to not make the conscious decision to go out and harm people,
0: um, all of our actions should we should be certain that they are not harming others. Yeah, and I think you can look back at so many examples in history when things have gotten really desperate, and there are people who take that route, right? That they think like in order to provide for myself or for my children, like I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if that means harming other people. Um, but there are people who like keep that standard, that value that, that that they're not going to do that. And I would like to think like, yes, I want to do anything I can for, for me and my family, but I'm not going to go like murder another person and their children so I can take their food to feed my own children I, I would like to think I'd rather just like suffer. And, and even if that means we're going to starve because of that, I don't, I don't want to rob myself of the, the decency of being able to maintain that morality. Exactly. And again, there will be people who are listening to
1: this, right. Who don't agree with that. They don't believe in the idea of morality. Um, but this one, I just, I stand by, right. You shouldn't do harm to others. Uh, you wouldn't expect harm to be done to yourself. Um, So, okay. I think that's pretty simple and laid out. By the way, um, I want to mention, I brought up this idea of it, of non-aggression being linked to anarchism. We have talked about how uh, we're going to be discussing multiple philosophies on the podcast. Um, And one of them that I find particularly interesting is the idea of anarchism. I don't necessarily like subscribe to it I don't know enough to be able to say like I believe in anarchism right but to me it, it ever since I started kind of learning about it it's been really appealing I'm not going to speak for you on this front but I do think that um it's a philosophy I'm going to continue to learn about it's something I'm going to continue I'll probably bring it up again and again and the reason for me is that I whether whether it's right or not that we should purposely move towards anarchism I do think we are going to live it one day because um like we talked about in the last podcast with everything that's probably coming and how it's coming. Um, there will be a time in which the government ceases to function properly and laws and all of that will cease to exist as they do today. And so it will be required for people to come together and work together, um, to, to make things happen. And if, you know, if there's a good version of anarchism and the one that, uh, you see in the mainstream media, which is all like chaos and all that. Right. Um, the, the good, the real anarchism is this idea primarily of non-coercion, non-aggression, and uh, mutual respect for people. And that's something that I stand strongly for.
0: Yeah, and it makes me excited. I'm, like, there is so much that we will be talking about in future episode. That's one of those things where when I hear anarchism, I think anarchy, I think total chaos and mayhem. And so I'll be interested to learn more about. But, yeah, gl- I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've discussed... That first principle, non-aggression, that's so important. The next one I think is related, which is cooperation. And our philosophy, as we've talked through this, is that like you will be miserable if you only look inward. And honestly, you you won't be as resilient if you're only focused on yourself. Not even close. Um, There is such a common mentality when it comes to preparedness where people are like, I'm going to get a bunch of guns and build a bunker and a ton of food. And like, it's all me or or, like, I'm going to go bug out. And like, I've got my way of just going out into the woods and surviving on my own. And the fact is like, we are social creatures and, and we, we need each other, especially when it comes to preparedness and resilience. Uh, Like the idea of just being, alone and surviving to me isn't very fulfilling like uh, to me i don't even know if that's worth it um let alone the fact that like on my own there are just so many things that i can't do i am so much less resilient than if i've got a network and uh, however big that network is community is so important so we're going to talk a lot about community
1: yeah i think about the episode that we did in breaking down collapse where we interviewed the winner Of the TV series called Alone, which is a a series, uh, it's a reality TV show where they take people out into the wilderness, um, and they say, go survive, and you're by yourself, right? And um, the the longest that they can survive is a few months. Um, And I think a huge part of that is because of the mental aspect of being alone. Because like you said, we are social Creatures, we are meant to be around people, and I think that that's where our happiness and our joy and all of that comes from. Our fulfillment comes from supporting other people, being supported by people. Trying to be an isolationist mountain man, you know, bug out, whatever. That's it's a fairy tale. Um, Maybe there are some people that are built for that. Maybe there are a few people who would be better off that way. But I think for ninety nine point nine nine percent of humanity. We're meant to be with others and we are better and we are stronger when
0: we are cooperating and working together. Yeah. And when somebody who's really into preparedness might hear that and they're like, well, there's so much that's outside of your control and you can, you all you can do is prepare yourself. And there's truth to that as well. So that leads in the next principle, which is scalability. So it does start with yourself, right? If, If you think of like a target, it starts with the bullseye. You're at the center but then it's your inner circle and your friends, your neighbors. You move outward toward the wider community. You have more and more control the closer you move into the center. But the more and more you can move outward with your resilience, the stronger your resilience really is. So when you think about that and, and you've got your, yourself and your, your smaller circle and, you, and it gets broader and broader as you go out towards the community, there are certain aspects of resilience that are individual and you've got to master on an individual level. There are other aspects of preparedness and resilience that you've really got to do at a larger level. So understanding that as we go through the rest of the podcast, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, You can think of those rings, basically the circles as circles of influence, right?
1: Um, You have the most influence, the closer the people are to you um, and your influence starts to get less and less as you go further out. Um, but like you said, there are so many pieces of resilience that are important at those larger scales. So it's about being really good at controlling what you can control and learning how to stretch that circle of influence, how to grow that network. Um, that, that target, that series of rings that move outward. Um, also when you think about, you can look at that geographically. And you can say like, yeah, this is my house, this is my street, this is my neighborhood, my community. Um, you can also look at that and say, this is my inner circle of friends. And then my inner circle um, might involve my best friend, right, who lives 10 miles away. But now your inner circle might also involve their inner circle, right? So your network grows and your circle of influence grows in both a geographical sense um, and just in relationships um, as you get better and better at at um, managing those relationships
0: and being more influential. Exactly. Good. So let, let's now talk about effort. Um, because if you're anything like me, like I'm, I'm pretty early on in my journey of resilience. I I've got a long ways to go. And for anyone who's starting down the path of preparedness, resilience, it can be very overwhelming. And so knowing where to put your energy and where to focus your efforts is really important. So we've got a, a few kind of sub bullet points here that we want we want to discuss. Why don't you start us out, Corey? Yeah, so the first is that no effort that you make
1: is going to be wasted, right? I think a lot of people might think like, oh, I don't want to put any time or effort or money or whatever it is into learning resilient skills or or gaining assets or building relationships or whatever that is because I think that there's a chance I'm not going to need it right? Um, the truth is that most things that you do are going to pay off in some way, no matter what, even if things don't get as bad as we discussed in the previous episode, um, preparation in general matters, um, building relationships with other people, right? Like that is going to be a good thing that is going to pay off, not necessarily in like a selfish way, but in, in making your community better, right? You're going to make your household better. You're going to make your uh, self feel better, more confident when you are more prepared. And more likely than not, um, you're going to use some of it at some point, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think of it like sometimes people don't want to save up some food storage, right? Some Some extra food because they feel like it's going to go to waste. But if you do it the right way, you're going to end up eating that food. Like you're not, you're not wasting anything. You're just allowing yourself to have a buffer in case there's an emergency or there's a need for it. Um, but like you're going to benefit from that effort. Same thing goes if like you learn how to do a certain type of home repair and, and you want to be able to have that skill so that if things get really bad, you can use that skill to help yourself and help others but even if things were to not get really bad, you're still going to find ways to use that and it's going to benefit you. So most efforts when it comes to resilience, like you said, like are worth it no matter what the, the end result is. And that goes right along with another principle that we had listed here and
1: that it's that you're, we all already are on the spectrum of resilience somewhere. We're already preparing, right? Because um, I have insurance on my vehicle right? That is a form of preparation. I have um, a diaper bag for my child with, that has extra diapers in it. You know, that is a form of preparation and resilience. I have a drawer with some band-aids and medicine in it. You know, it's like you're already doing things every day to be resilient and you use those things. And so um, it's just about moving up the spectrum of resilience and just increasing what you're ready for. Um, and again, I don't think anyone will ever regret that. Now there are things that people can do that they will regret, right? Um, yet another principle that I think we're going to bring up later, but I'm going to bring it up now because it feels natural, um, is that if you, if you panic prep, right, if you see something that's happening and it makes you freak out. And so you go out and do a bunch of stuff and you spend a whole bunch of money on, on a bunch of stuff that you don't need necessarily, um, yeah, you can regret stuff like that. You can regret making the wrong moves at the wrong times, um, buying things that you don't need, spending money. Um, you just mentioned that, like, if you, pr- if you prepare food the right way or the right kinds of food, it's food that you're going to eat naturally anyway. It, it's never going to go to waste. Um, but you could do it wrong and you could buy a bunch of food that you never will eat and that will go to waste, um, after its expiration date. And, and so there are wrong ways to do it. Um, but if you do it the right way,
0: if you take the proper steps, I don't think anyone will ever regret having prepared. Yeah. And if you, if you do panic prepare, you're going to make dumb choices. That's just the nature of it. And I think I brought up the example before. I remember when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, everyone started to panic. I went to the grocery store and all the shelves were empty and I saw people walking around and I saw this one guy and just in a panic, he had like emptied the entire shelf of salad dressing into his shopping cart. And he was grabbing like this random, I don't know, a can of olives and this one thing. And and he was just, whatever he could find, he was loading into his shopping cart to hurry and go buy it. But like, what's he going to do with gallons of salad dressing right which now has it probably expired right
1: this was in 2020 it was three years ago that ranch he probably used two bottles of that and the
0: other however many he bought he just ended up chucking yeah so i'm really glad you bring that up and when it comes to effort kind of related to what you were saying before we're all on this spectrum somewhere of resilience of preparedness one other principle here is that any effort is better than no effort like If you're overwhelmed, you don't, you don't have to do everything all at once. Just take one step, do, do one more thing because that's going to benefit you more than if you just sat there paralyzed doing nothing. I think people
1: think about some of the stuff that is out of their control. Like when we talk about building resilience and community, which we're going to have tons of episodes getting into that, but you know, for some people that's really scary Um, because maybe they're super introverted, right. Or they, they immediately jump to this idea that like me and my next door neighbor have to become like super best pals. We have to trust each other. 100% we're going to be, you know, we're going to know everything about resilience together and all this stuff. Um, just say hi to them. Like, if you don't know your neighbor, start with like, hello. Right. And, um, maybe the next time you see them, you can ask them a question. And then the next time you see them, you can offer to help with something, you know, start from nothing. And that little hello is a huge step forward, even though it's not the end goal, right? It is, um, it is a great place to start and you can feel accomplished having started somewhere. So where the first one was no efforts goes unwasted. The second principle here is every piece of effort, uh, is better than just doing nothing.
2: Yep. down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. A to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: And it's also good to think of it as not like a destination, you don't just suddenly reach preparedness. Sure. There can be certain thresholds or milestones. Right. But really when it comes down to it, like you're never done. And so like it's, it it becomes a lifestyle. Take, take one step at a time. You know, once you've, once you've done the one thing, once you've said, Hey neighbor, this is embarrassing, but like, I can't even remember your name. I don't know if I've ever introduced myself here's my name what's your name nice to meet you like great you've already started on that like community network building maybe the next next time you you take one more step the next time you take one more step but it's not like you're ever gonna say i've made it i've arrived i am resilient yeah it it like you said it's a it's a it's a continual spectrum that just goes on infinitely you know i think about um i remember this was
1: 10 years ago now, almost, I was just getting married. And I remember knowing nothing about what the future was going to be like. But I knew that food storage was important. We were so broke. Um, Every dollar we stressed about, right? But I remember thinking I was at the grocery store. And I had no idea where to begin with. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. But I just said, I'm just gonna buy like one extra can of food, right? Like, I don't remember what the can was, maybe I was buying some olives or something picked up an extra can. It cost me 99 cents or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm comfortable with this, this dollar purchase. Um, and I went home and I felt kind of sheepish because I was like, Oh yeah, I've saved the day. I bought myself a can of olives, you know, but then that can sat there. Right. And, and I just remember thinking like, this is good. This is a start. I've got the mindset now that I can, when I go to the grocery store, if I can afford that extra dollar, I'll buy another one and I'll slowly start building up. And it didn't go to waste. I'm sure we ate it at some point, right? Um, w- did it Did it push me far along the spectrum of resilience? No, but it got me into the right mindset. And I, I still think about that today um, as I have a more now robust food storage.
0: Um, I appreciate that effort that I made early on. And what's so great about that is you take one step and like you get to experience benefits from it immediately. Like you, you might think, hey, I bought this can of olives and like we're not going to eat, eat it until maybe years later or maybe weeks from now or whatever. Um, so I'm not going to benefit it, benefit from it until later. But I think of, you know, at one point I just thought, like if something bad happened, what are just the most essential things? And I realized I didn't have any water. Like if, if I couldn't turn on the tap, and have fresh water come out, then I would, I would have no drinking water. And so I went and got like a, you know, a water storage container and filled it up. And just the peace of mind that brought, like knowing that I had that cushion, that buffer, if something were to happen, like at least I had water, I immediately felt so much more peace of mind. And, and just like, uh, I guess, more fulfilled, happier, less stress. Like it was just one less thing to worry about. And so you can get the benefits immediately from any efforts that you make now. Absolutely. Um, And that brings to
1: mind another principle um, that's widely used in many different areas and it's called the Pareto principle. Um, And it's basically this idea that right, like 80% of the benefit can come from 20% of the effort. Um, Meaning you don't, if, if it's a spectrum, and you can go from being a zero on the resilience spectrum, right? To a hundred plus on the resilience spectrum. Um, that peace of mind and, and the overall just improvement, right? You can make a huge 80% improvement by doing just the 20% of things. So obviously that's not a perfect um, principle in this case because it's an infinite spectrum. But I do feel like you don't have to be an expert in everything like you said, to get the benefits from it. Little steps make a huge difference to uh, mental health and anxiety and, and mindset.
0: Yeah, and, and because we're just taking little steps at a time, moving upward on that spectrum of resilience, uh, but because that spectrum is infinite, I think it's good just for everyone to set the expectation in their mind that they're never going to be prepared for every single little thing. Like there are a bazillion, there are an infinite number of, of variations of things that could happen. And, and like we, we shouldn't be trying to achieve comprehensive resilience. Uh, we, we should focus on the things, the risks that are most important paired with what goals we have. And all, all those things are good things that we're going to get into later. But as long as we know, like we're not going to be prepared for every possible scenario, then we can relax a little bit. Well, and
1: I mean, Like you can't prepare for old age and to not die in old age. Like we all die. Right. And the whole idea of resilience is to get through the external threats, um, that would interrupt our normal way of life. But there, there's simply things that are outside of our control that we could never prepare for. No one can prepare for, um, a, you know, planet killing comet hitting the earth. Right. And I wouldn't even want to try to begin to prepare for that. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. Not trying to prepare for every single thing, just looking at what the biggest risks are to you, figure out how you can best mitigate those. Um, and that will do a lot for, uh, for mental health and for just overall resilience. Now, on that note, all these things on effort, um, came back to this idea of mental or emotional health. And I think that's the next principle is that we need to prioritize those types of resilience. <laughs> You know, resilience can cover um, our physical well being, our physical needs like food, water, shelter, and all that. Um, But emotional and physical, excuse me, emotional and mental well being are extremely important. We live in a world today where mental health is declining rapidly and severely. And uh, being able to care for yourself uh, mentally and emotionally is going to be very important. I think of The idea of, you know, you get on an airplane and they talk about how um, if the gas mask, excuse me, if the oxygen mask drops, then parents should put it on themselves before putting it on their children, right? And I kind of think of that in in this realm where it's like you have to put your oxygen mask on your mental and physical, excuse me, your mental and emotional health first, almost to me because our mental and emotional health is the oxygen that allows us to keep moving. We're not going to be good stewards of um, our family, right? And we're not going to be able to do any of the other resilience stuff if our mental health
0: is in the dirt. Yeah, and you've heard me say it multiple times and I'll probably say it many more times, but like if there were two groups of people, group A and group B, group A is very like physically prepared, but they don't have any mental or emotional resilience. Group B is very emotionally, mentally resilient, but isn't as physically prepared. I'd go with group B every single time. Like that's why I want to team up with. Cause if you, if you are, uh, emotionally, mentally resilient, you're adaptable, uh, you're going to be able to handle the things that come your way. You're going to, you're going to find solutions. Whereas like you can have all the, all the physical preparedness in the world. But if, if you can't handle the situation, if you can't cope with it, Um, if you're losing your mind about all of it, like, then what good does it do you? And that's not to say that like,
1: oh, if you suffer from depression, then you're not going to be resilient, right? You have been very candid, Kellen, in the last podcast, and I'm sure we'll have many of these discussions in this podcast about your own mental health, um, challenges over time. And it's not that like suffering from mental health challenges makes it so you can't be resilient. It's just more that we have to learn ways to cope we have to learn ways to um control it right if we are um out of control with um with anxiety right or if we have clinical conditions that we need to address it's going it's going to be hard um but if we can learn ways to cope and keep those under control it's going to make the process of being resilient especially in a time of real crisis uh,
0: much more uh much more of a reality yeah absolutely And you're right, I I personally have dealt with serious depression, um, and it's one of those kind of continual battles that, that anyone who's experienced real mental health struggles goes through. But a lot of people that are experiencing mental health problems are very successful in life. A lot of people that are experiencing mental problems will be very successful in their resilience as challenging things come their way. So... Yeah, it's not like it's it's mutually exclusive. It's not this thing where, yeah, if if you've got mental health issues, then you have to count yourself out. But if you do, then that means you should probably put a little more effort into finding ways to uh, overcome that, gain the coping skills, um, and and, you know, that can even be something you can use to your advantage as you find ways to become more resilient. Okay.
1: So we've got just a few left here and we won't spend a lot of time on these. One that we have written here is quality trumps quantity. And I think there's a few different ways that this can be interpreted, right? But the, what we're trying to get across is that like a tailored preparedness, one that you take time to think through, um, do your research on, come up with what is best for your own situation, right? That is much better than just going out and like buying a bunch of gear. Um, there are people who don't put a lot of thought into preparedness. They just say like, I need to go spend a bunch of money on a bunch of tools and I'll be good. Right. Um, the quantity of how you're approaching the situation, excuse me, the quality of how you approach the situation is much more important than the quantity of stuff that you acquire. And I know that it, by saying it this way, quantity or quality over quantity makes it sound like, um, it, you know, it's not to say that like an eight ounce sirloin steak is better than having like a year's worth of rice and beans. That's not. That's not what we're saying. Um, more like, it, it's better to have very practical
0: skills or knowledge or tools um, rather than a bunch of stuff that's not going to serve you. Yeah, it makes me think of somebody that I talked to at one point. This was years ago, but they were telling me that they were super prepared because they had like twenty barrels of cracked wheat, and I was like. Do you ever cook with cracked wheat? Do you know how? And they're like, Well no, but if you know, if it ever got hard, I'd figure it out. Or I'd I'd trade it with somebody else, or you know, and it's like instead of having twenty barrels of cracked wheat, just even having like a few weeks of food storage of food you actually eat, you're probably gonna be way better off. And so I think when you're when you're talking about quality, we're not talking about like Like you said, the the quality of the the product or the thing itself, it's just quality in terms of how tailored it is to your situation and how practical it is. And and, I mean, that said, I would rather have one
1: quality can opener than have to store like 20 cheap Walmart ones, right? Like quality over quantity in the product is important as well. But I think the main idea here is make sure that you're thinking through what you're going to do and how you're going to do it you're not just mindlessly like purchasing things and and getting stuff just to say like I have twenty years worth of cracked wheat in barrels.
0: And speaking of that example, twenty barrels of cracked wheat that that touches on the next point, which is that uh, just the idea of diversification and redundancy and and there's a balance there that we've got to strike. But like you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket, right? You don't want to just go. Ugh you know here's one strategy of that we talked about at one point uh, an individual who bought a ridiculous amount of chocolate and they said like everybody loves chocolate and so uh if things are ever getting tough i can just go trade chocolate for the things that i actually need like like it was a, a currency yeah and like sure that's one approach but like you you're putting a lot of trust that that, that is going to work out well for you where maybe instead like, sure. Maybe if you want to try the chocolate as currency, you can have some of that, but like don't depend solely on that. Let's find some other ways to help you be resilient.
1: And we see this
0: in like the financial
1: world, right? You're not supposed to put all of your financial eggs in one basket. If you put all your money in, one ETF or something, like you could end up in a lot of trouble. So it's about diversifying your assets so that if something goes wrong in one place, you're good in another. Um, a very specific example would be going back to food storage, um, how you store your food, right? If you are a person that likes to can goods. And so you're like using the, um, like the glass jars, right. And you're canning your food and that's all you do. And, uh, you haven't stored food in any other way well then like yeah there's an earthquake or something right and your food storage all falls off the wall and you've just lost everything that you've ever created whereas if you had canned some and you had some in plastic containers right in mylar bags and some stuff maybe you bought at the store so like you've got a diversification so that when there's an earthquake and your canned goods go you've got your other stuff or when a mo- a mouse chews through your plastic containers um your glass jars are still good very basic principle
0: <clears throat> and it's funny because when you talk about like the financial aspect of the way that you invest and in, in diversifying your assets like you talk about that as an analogy but here where we've been discussing so much like food storage as an example like financial uh, resilience is a very important aspect of resilience. So yeah. that's, that's directly applicable too. so you, but you'll see that in every aspect of resilience that you've got to find ways to, to diversify and not, like we said, put all your eggs in one basket. And that leads straight into another principle. Uh, I think we've only got two left here.
1: Um, this one is in regards to specialization versus generalization, right? specialization is a sort of putting all of your eggs into one basket. Um, we believe in both. We think it's great to have a specialization, but having general knowledge skills, uh, all of that is, gon- is going to be the primary goal. Um, there are absolutely pros to being specialized in something, um, especially when you get to like a community level of resiliency if different people specialize in different things, then you make yourself useful to the group, right? Um, but when we're talking about general resiliency, um, you need to know a little bit of everything. Sort Be sort of a jack of all trades. If you put all of your eggs into that one specialization basket and your specialty for whatever reason is not needed
0: um, and you don't know how to do anything else, you'll be in a world of trouble. Yeah, so there's a lot everything that we've talked about so far, like there's just a lot to balance here. Um, And even as we talk through all these different principles to remember and all these different ways that we need to diversify and that, that can start to get overwhelming. But again, if we, if we bring it back to just the core of it all, um, like taking one step at a time, we're going to be in a much better place. The last principle that we haven't mentioned yet is just the idea of adaptability. Like, you, you might have a really good idea for a, a preparedness plan, but situations change. Um External th- situations change, things about like what your needs are might change. And so in all of this, as you're making steps forward, you've got to be willing to be adaptable. Yes, have a plan, but it, if it needs to change, be ready to change. And, you know, that said... um we will likely be adapting our
1: framework. We'll be adapting the way that we talk about resilience as we continue through it. Cause we're going to learn more things that might change the way we think about it. Um, and so being willing to say like, this is not the only set way, right? This was my plan and I'm not deviating from my plan. Um, it's going to be important to be willing to change. And as different obstacles come our way, as things don't go the way we planned um, being able to pivot and change and go with the flow as it happens is going to be
0: extremely crucial. Great. So with that, like, there it is. Th- those are the principles that we have that we wanted to just get out of the way and make sure everyone understands. This is the philosophy that we are operating under. Um, that, that that's that's why we're making the assumptions that we are in the framework that we're going to line out. So far, right? We've talked. We've kind of just done an intro and we've talked about why we need resilience and we've talked about these principles, but I'm really excited moving forward because now that we've laid that groundwork, we can actually dive into the framework itself. And this is where, you know, I I think there's so much valuable content out there around preparedness. And I'm not going to say that like what we're going to produce is better or worse, but I do think we have something special here and how thoughtful we've been about this framework that will allow anybody in, in any situation to, to follow it and come up with the preparedness that's going to be best for them.
1: Yeah. So next week we'll go through that entire framework um, briefly. And after that, we'll then pick it apart piece by piece um, in the following episodes. So I'm really excited for it. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you're subscribing to it and um, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. So we're trying to put these up, uh, get some video going with them so you can see our ugly mugs for some reason. Um, and, uh, share the podcast with friends who would be interested in it and, uh, help them subscribe and, and learn more as well.